You're listening to the Morning Perks Podcast with your host, Bill Clements. Join us as we hear from some of the industry's biggest management and supplier leaders with insights to trends, best practices, and how to get the most out of your GCAA membership. Welcome to Morning Perks, and now to your host, Bill Clements. Our first guest this morning is Todd Collins. CEO of Red Hill Ventures and Home Trustee. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm glad you're here today. Glad to be here. So before we go any deeper, can you just like break it down for the for the listener? Red Hill Ventures, Home Trustee, can you just give us an overview? Yeah, sure. Red Hill Ventures is the parent company to Home Trustee. So Red Hill Ventures, we're an investment firm and we own apartment buildings and we own office buildings and other assets. But all of our apartment communities are managed under the name Home Trustee. Got it. So Home Trustee is a management company that we own that only manages the apartment communities owned by Red Hill Ventures. Only in Charlotte or do you go further out? We have operations in for from an apartment perspective in D.C. as well. So Red Hill Ventures, we operate in Maryland, D.C., North Carolina, and Texas. From an apartment perspective, D.C. and North Carolina. Uh, and then how long has the company been an entity? We started rail, you know, well, I, I say it was started when I started doing this officially full time. Yeah. Which was 2005. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, you have experience with, you know, apartment managers, apartment owners, apartment developers in this market. What kind of, like what's home trustees thing? What sets you guys apart? Do you have like a a, a unique perspective on it? We do. And it kind of goes back to my founding of the company. So when I got into the business, I got in very small. We're not a fund that's going out raising capital. We're a very closely held real estate firm, like an old school real estate firm. Sure. And I started the firm by buying a one bedroom condo and then I bought a two bedroom and then I bought a four single, unit. just a yes. unit, unit, two, okay. four, 10, 36 and over the years worked worked up the portfolio until I was buying, you know, true apartment communities. And so we've always invested in communities that needed that were either undermanaged, underinvested in, undercapitalized or both. And then we bring great management, we bring capital and we make them the best possible community they can be. So like in Charlotte, most of our communities are considered NOAA naturally occurring affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are in East Charlotte. And we're, we're probably one of the largest NOAA owners uh, in Charlotte. And our goal is to take the best care of these assets, take the best care of our residents we possibly can. So take me back for a second to, to, the, to the beginning of that, when you had the one unit, the two units. Yep. Was, what was your plan? Was your plan then what, what you've executed it to be now? You know, I, my I did not. I knew that I wanted to be in real estate. Sure. I knew I wanted to own apartment communities. I just had no idea how to actually do that. Right. I thought that everybody who owned an apartment community just bought the community. I, I didn't know that they were going out raising capital. They're, they're deploying capital. So I started. I literally saved my money and bought a one bedroom condo. Mm-hmm. But you, then, but you intended at that point. To buy more. Yes. The goal is always to buy more. And to become a landlord. That's right. The goal is always to buy more and to scale the business. And uh, and that, that that is what we've done. So over the time that you've been doing it, and we, we, we ask this question, you know, on this program a lot, 
what do you see as the evolution? What do you see that has changed the most in the past decade to 15 years? Well, I think that uh, renter by necessity versus renter by choice mm -hmm. is an evolution. There are many more renters by choice now um, because the, the quality of the apartment community has increased to the, to the point where you, you would love to live there sure. for an extended period of time. I think the other thing that will come along that will is changing. There are amenities that exist in a single family home that have to be brought to the apartment community. Right. And the one amenity that I think is sort of the most glaring that will create the most transition within the industry is the coming sort of electric vehicle EV revol revolution. Right. So you will have a scenario where many apartment residents have are driving EVs. Mm -hmm. And right now, apartment communities aren't really equipped for that. So I don't really know a lot about that, but the infrastructure m must be substantial mm -hmm. to, for you to be able to, to have the access for people to plug in cars and yep. charge them. Yep. So you've got that cost. Um, do you move that cost to the resident? The, yes. And so, you know, as I mentioned with Red Hill Ventures, we own a number of different companies. Well, for example, uh, one of the companies we founded some years ago is Nationwide Compliant, which is a collections software firm. Um, and so we, we are actually trying to explore how will apartment owners better manage EV charging in their communities. And so there, there's a product that we're helping to develop called Charge On Site, mm -hmm. which is a software that allows apartment owners to manage and monetize EV charging, electric vehicle charging within their communities. We think it's a game changer because if you look at apartment communities now, if you look like what creates the electric load of an apartment community, mm -hmm. it's like HVAC units, washer and dryers, those sorts of things. Electric vehicles will be that times 20. Right. And so it will be very important that not only the infrastructure, but the ability to manage and monetize is all placed, uh, is, is packaged and implemented within the community. And that's where we're, it's, it's, it's a new uh, initiative that we're working to explore. Well, and you talk about electrical load. I, I imagine if you looked at the, the, the load of, you know, a given apartment community 20 years ago uh, versus now, I would imagine it was heavy in the morning and then it dropped off substantially throughout right. the day because people left the property to go to work. That's right. And now, I mean, people work from home. Yeah. It's their work home space. I, I would I would imagine the electrical loads completely different than it was. Absolutely. And, and so for a landlord, as long as they're doing that within their unit, mm -hmm. then you're like, okay, well, you, you can pass that cost on to the resident. But but the, the difference with you're charging a vehicle, it'll likely be in a common area. Right. So you have to just figure out how do you, in this common area setting, allow the resident to pay for their own vehicle charging, which is akin to, you know, fueling your car with gas. I mean, it, sure. It, people do not mind paying for that. They just need the ability to do it. And it will be more of a, a status quo. That's right. As we continue to move on. Yes. I think, I mean, we're, we're, we're speaking future. Right. But yes, but that will be the case. Not even 10 years in the future. Oh, absolutely not. Probably I, five. I, I think five. Yeah. Yes. Uh, any other changes that you see on the horizon that are coming? Um, I think that if we're talking Charlotte, mm -hmm. you know, Charlotte is densifying. So, you know, transitioning from garden style to 
um, you know, mid rise and high rise. Right. And even in areas that traditionally you did not think would support that. So mm-hmm. West Charlotte, East Charlotte, I mean, those communities are, are densifying and unfortunately they're becoming much less affordable. Yeah. Um, but I think you'll see continued transition in that area. Do you think, I mean, I feel like we'll continue to see existing aged apartment communities that are garden style. Yep. That take up a certain amount of acreage. That's right. At the middle of, you know, Charlotte. Yep. That will be taken down to probably quadruple that number of units going up. That's going right. vertical. And it's interesting. So we are getting calls to acquire some of our communities. I mean, I'm sure every apartment is getting the same calls. Yeah. But the the folks that are calling are actually interested in just doing just that. The land. They want the land. They want That's to right. And, 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 and the challenge that we see, because what we do try to support um, sort of the issue of affordability, housing right. affordability within, within the Charlotte area. But when someone buys a community and does that, they, they, there's, they cannot provide an affordable product unless sure. there's massive government subsidies or so, some other things that uh, would have to be placed on the table. You're pretty involved in the apartment association locally. Yep. yep. What, what, what's good for home trustee when, when you're as a CEO sitting around thinking, you know, reaching out into the community, reaching out to the apartment association, yep. being around other industry people, like what are needs that you have? I mean, are, I'm sure personnel is yep. always a need. Per- well, I'll tell you what we really love about the apartment association, you know, a- as a leader in an organization, you want your, all of your team members to become smarter, to stay on track with the industry trends. Correct. And you want them to learn. You, mm-hmm. you, I want to learn. You hope everybody that you're working with is interested in continuing to learn. And the apartment association association makes that very easy. They really do. It, it's fantastic. You have one place you can go to with the leading education within the industry. It, it's it's wonderful. So I have to. Take a, a hard right turn, super fast. Okay. I always try to get something unique out of, you know, every visitor to the podcast. Okay. A musical influence for you? Well, I'll tell you, I grew up in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, growing up in Houston, Texas, you assume that everybody is listening to the music that comes out of Texas. That's correct. I, I'm, I'm already assuming that in my mind while you're talking to me. Yeah. You just assume that. Yeah, like Mickey so, Gilly. Well, no, I, I not even well, that. I did go up my, my high school. Uh, they actually did square dance at my prom, which I, I, I'm not a big square dancer, but that, that was, wow. That, that's uh, how Texas it is. That's extreme. Um, but you know, I have an older sister and she loved Prince. Like mm-hmm. that was her, her guy. She had yeah. the posters on the wall. Her, her curtains were purple. And so that kind of bled into me and, and, you know, I, I love Prince and that's the best concert I ever went to, but actually here in Charlotte at the yeah. Spectrum Center was a, a Prince concert. What what tour was that? Oh, I don't know the name of the tour. Musicology? It was probably 007, 008, somewhere was it along. Musicology? Probably so. There was in one of his later tours like that. You got like a CD when you came. You did get a CD. That's I think right. I, I, think I, yeah. went to, I think I was there. Okay, yeah. Show. Prince is phenomenal. He is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, sir. Mr. Todd Collins, CEO, home trustee. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much. It's time to purchase your GCAA 2023 annual sponsorship package. There are three levels of sponsorships that offer affordable options for companies of all sizes. Visit greatercaa.org slash sponsorships for more details. Selections will be finalized by December 15th, 2022. Our next guest this morning is Dana Guandalo, Regional Sales Director for SNAP. Dana, thank you very much for joining us on Morning Perks. 
So glad to be here. I've been listening to the Morning Perks, and so it's super exciting for me to be able to be a part of it and and be here with you today. It's going to be great. I'm going to, I always like to kind of like surprise my way into these things and ask folks things. So I want to talk to you about your industry experience. I know that you've been in the industry for quite a while. I want to, I want, so I, I'd love for you to detail that sure. to our listeners, but I know, right? Maybe you don't want to talk about this part, but prior to being in the industry, you were like a big time mortgage broker. Is that true? I was. That is true. I, I I did not know that you knew that. Who knew? I've been in real estate for a little over 20 years, but I was with a, a large financial company as a real estate broker. I, wanted, I ran a joint venture for, for that, that company for quite some time. But I had in, in 2008, I had someone approach me. She's a close friend, industry leader now, uh, Ellie Norton. And she was working for, at the time, it was called the New Home Guide. This was back in the day when we used to have the good old print magazines and it was before anything went online, right? So uh, that's kind of how I came over to the industry because it then turned into not just the New Home Guide, but the Apartment Guide. If everybody remembers back in the day when you would flip through that big, thick Apartment Guide book, it was way before it was online. So that is how I kind of migrated from the mortgage business to over to the multifamily. I just knew so many of the builders in the single family industry from real estate. So it was a, it was a pretty smooth transition over into marketing, media, and that kind of thing. And then that just that just led me to the opportunity of working for the apartment guy. And, and that was all she wrote from, for multifamily since 2008 for me. But you know, and it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like most people that we talk to, they get into the industry kind of like that, like sideways. They don't just come directly at it. I mean, really, residential mortgage business. I mean, it's multifamily, it's single family, it's all real estate, and any kind of experience that you bring to the multifamily table, it's all beneficial in the end. It really is, and you know, when I was a loan officer, I was always curious more about just real estate in general. I, I have my real estate broker's license. I, I went through just to understand from a realtor's perspective, you know, what does what does their business look and feel like when I was a loan officer? And so, you know, I maintained my continuing education, just like we have our CAM classes and things like that here on multifamily. It's very parallel with that on the single family side as well. So there's certainly some similarities there between between those two industries. And as you put it, it is all real estate. It really is. All right. So love to talk to you a little bit about Snapped. I'm going to spell it out for folks since we're, you know, we're audio, not video. It's S-N-A-P-P-T. So can you just tell us a little bit, give us, give the listeners a broad overview of Snapped and what you guys do. Sure. So at SNAP, we strive to save the properties money by identifying fraudulent applicants from their pay stubs and bank statements and investment hour statements. We do that for, and you know, turnaround time is anywhere from one to four hours typically for us. And, and the reason that has become so important is we have seen fraud increase exponentially over the last several years. You know, it wasn't just a COVID issue. Certainly we've seen it increase over the last couple of years since COVID, but we had, you know, some, some numbers pre-pandemic, 2.9 million evictions across the country, and that was 2019. Wow. So, you know, we, there's certainly been an increase that we've seen in that. On the average with our customers as who's partnered with us across the country, we've got a little over 800,000 units right now using our platform. And with that, about 12% of the time, we see that applicants are submitting fraudulent or edited documents. So what that shakes out to from a numbers perspective is about one out of every eight or nine applicants are walking through the doors of these apartments and they are submitting fraudulent pay stubs, bank statements, and investment statements. 
So, you know, our company specifically focuses on eliminating the risk of that photo manipulated document. Uh, we're looking at things like the pixels of the document, color ratio, compression ratio, just really that physical alignment to the visual elements of documents where there's coding within those PDFs that our fraud detection engine is reading. So we're saving those properties time from their, their team members going in and essentially having to be forensic accountants and really analyzing pay stubs and bank statements that could potentially not even be an authentic document. So that is that in our owners of our company are also asset owners themselves. It's really where we developed from. They saw this same thing happening in their own portfolio that they own and manage. And so they there were no solutions in the play in the marketplace. So that is kind of where where we derived our concept from here at Snap. Well, and, you know, in the, the environment on site now, there's just so much that they need to do in yes. any given day to get done. I feel like this is a great asset to help them catch things that they normally wouldn't potentially be in position to catch. Well, and you're correct, Bill. It really, there's there's so much uh, more responsibility on team members to, to go through. And the, the last thing you want them to do is visi visibly looking at a document and maybe analyzing one pay stub a little bit harder than they, they, they analyze another pay stub. And then that becomes a fair housing issue. And that conversation can completely change with implementing our platform at the property because then the conversation changes gears from, I don't think your pay sub is real or I don't think your bank statement is real to, hey, we use a third-party company that authenticates our financial documents. You know, If you'd like to speak with them, please email them directly. So it really, not just saving up the time for the property team members, but just the um, the risk of a potential conversation or a situation arising from a fair housing perspective. Sure. Can you give the listeners a quick and easy way? Like what's the best way to get a hold of you if they want more information? So easy. It's my first name and at my company. So it's Dana, D-A-N-A at snap, S-N-A-P-P-T.com. Very, very simple. I love it that our company kept it first name, email. So it's yeah. Dana at snap.com. Man, that is, you're right. I mean, again, in a world where technology, it, it just makes everything more difficult sometimes. Just first yes. name, email address is fantastic. Yep. Keeping it simple over here at Snap, for sure. That's right. That's good. You know, we are a GCAA. We are an association podcast. Let's talk about the GCAA for a second. You've been involved yes. for quite a while. Yes, I have been. You know, I've been on the membership committee. I served on the board for about a year as well um, before I switched to a different company. And, you know, right now I'm currently chairing the Associate Development Committee, and it's been really fun just to be able to know that as an associate or supplier of the GCAA, that we really strive to provide different tools and education um, and pieces and information to our suppliers to really get involved with not just the how to get involved, but almost the training uh, classes. And, and by that, as an example, you know, we're going to have a virtual business exchange in January. So that's just as for the listeners, that's January the 18th. Uh, at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And then again, January the 19th from one, at 1 p.m. or 3 p.m. And that virtual business exchange is meant for the suppliers to be able to have some designated time with an owner or an operator. We usually put together a really spectacular list when I work closely with, with the, the team members there at the GCAA to have great selections for the owner operators, for our suppliers to have that one-on-one -on -one time with them. They can book that and reserve that time. We've already got that website on the registration on the GCAA site. The spots do go quickly. So if you haven't registered for that, that's something to do. But 
you know, in, in, in knowing that we're having that, I also teach a course on that. You know, not everybody goes these days and is able to um, do a virtual business exchange, meaning everything happens through a Zoom call. And so this past year, I did a, a virtual business exchange 101, where I took about 30 minutes to just teach a class and explaining you know, how, what, what maybe the etiquette is for the Zoom calls or how you should prepare or different things that you can engage with or bring to the meeting because it is a virtual meeting and is a very different setting than if you're meeting someone face-to-face. So the, the, the Associate Development Committee does that. I'm going to be having a trade show 101 class that I'll be teaching February the 8th as well. So just, you know, a lot of different things that as this associate development committee does, and it's part of that PSC committee, and it just really gives our suppliers a a great way to to not just get involved, but have some education courses for free as well. Well, and this is unsolicited on my end, but I mean, I've participated in the uh, virtual business exchange and you're, you're exactly right. I mean, the value for the money that you spend to be involved is the returns fantastic. You get that time one-on-one with them. But I do agree with you that I think it's it's vitally important to take the one-on-one class so that you can really hone in on how to best function in mm-hmm. that finite window of time that you have with them and not to overdo it, but not to yes. underdo it and to understand and appreciate how that works in a virtual setting. Yes, that is correct. Because flying by the seat of your pants or, or quote, winging it, as, as, as people would per- maybe say, that is that is not a plan. So I think when you're talking about limited time with any type of owner operator or audience there with a management company, you want to really have a strategy around what you're going to cover and, and specifically what you're expecting to get out of that because there is a time limit on those meetings. So just a, a really, really great event to attend. Uh, for you, uh, is there something is there something in particular that you enjoy most? or you find most interesting about being a supplier in multifamily? You know, um, I have just always enjoyed the interaction with my customers, you know, being able to provide our customers just at Snapped and then also just in general in the multifamily industry with education opportunities through the, the GCAA or getting to know even my customers, you know, both personally and professionally is something that I've just always loved about this industry since I've been in it. And, you know, that would probably be some of the same thing and just providing value. You know, anytime I can provide value, even if it's not necessarily about the SNAP product, but I have a lot of different um, colleagues in the industry where if I see an article in maybe multifamily housing news or something like that, it perks, you know, kind of perks or piques my interest. And, you know what, I bet this person would like to see that. And just being that resource as a supplier that they know that not only, you know, is it a professional relationship, but it's one where I'm, I'm looking out for something that could potentially help you and just, just being a good partner with, with our customers. Yeah. It makes total sense. All right. So we're going to kind of wrap things up. I typically wrap things up with some weird question for people, but this will be a little (laughs) bit different for us because you and I just spent a little bit of time together when we bumped into each other at a multifamily event in New Orleans recently. Yes, we did. Um, so what was your what was your take on New Orleans? I mean, I, you were probably there a little bit longer than me. Did you love it? Did you, did you do anything crazy? I wish I would have been there longer, Bill. I was le- there less than about 17 hours. I me had too. I had another event in Fort Lauderdale to go to for another management company and that one was a little bit longer. 
And so it was a really quick event. I, I had on my list to go eat at so many different places and do all the things. And I literally never left the hotel. I, I got there. I landed. I ate, I ate at the hotel. I slept. I left. <laughs> so. I know. And I, and, and I just about did the same thing. But late in the night, it wasn't probably a smart idea to eat late in the night. But after everything <laughs> was done, everybody was gone. I got an Uber and went about five blocks, six blocks into the French Quarter and went per, you know, suggestion on hotel staff and went to this crazy little hole in the wall center block place and got real Cajun food. Uh, uh, and again, I bet that was awesome, though. I would have loved to have done that. I just I, I just thought, you know what, I'll do it next time I come here. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome, but I, I did sort of realize in my hotel room at midnight, like, why am I eating food at midnight in a hotel? But <laughs> oh, yeah. it was a good time. It was good seeing you there. Right, yeah, Dana. it was great to see you too, Bill. Thanks so much for having me today. It was great to be a part of it. We really appreciate you being on Morning Perks. Thank you so much. Join us for the GCAA's annual multifamily economic forecast breakfast at the NASCAR Hall of Fame on January 24th. We have a powerful lineup of speakers and panelists, including Jordan Brooks, Mark Vittner, and Brian Daly, who will be projecting 2023 industry trends. Ready, set, go register now at greatercaa.org slash events. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Morning Perks. Keep up with all things GCAA by following our Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also refer to our website at greatercaa.org for more information regarding registering for our upcoming events, sponsorships, and education opportunities. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a great day.